Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Before we get to the show, we want to shout out our sponsor, Studio Sweden. Studio is a Scandinavian headphone and earbud company that wants your headphones to not just be a high-tech device, but also a high-fashion accessory. For real. So it can be hard to choose between headphones that look great and also sound great, but these headphones do both. They have a super cool modern design and still provide the quality of the highest-rated headphones on the market. Also, they use Bluetooth sorcery that can connect to any device. <laughs> I d- don't ask me how it works. And they charge really quickly, and the charge lasts a super long time. We're using the Region On-Ear model, which is geared toward clarity and balanced sound, so it's super perfect for recording and podcast editing. But they do offer great earbud styles, too, including a sweat-proof model ideal for the gym. Not that we know what it's like to go to a gym or to sweat. Uh, these headphones are sold at studiosweden.com, and that is studio, S-U-D-I-O, as in studio. <laughs> We've got a promo code for you, which is GALS, G-A-L-S, and it's uh, live now to get 15% off. So lucky for you, this code never expires, so treat yourself at your earliest convenience. Check out Studio Sweden. Now on to the show. Uh, you are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, mm. chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Minnesotan. Oh. Minnesotan. Uh, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. And this week, we are bringing you the much-anticipated topic of cannibalism. Oh, it's like Christmas. I'm and so I, excited. Like- I strategically <laughs> ordered curry right for while we were doing this episode. <laughs> I should have gone with spaghetti. That would have been good. What? Uh, why would that be better? Like entrails. Just go with a plain, oh. on, just guys, a plain pork roast. An entire... Pork loin. I mean, this is chicken. <laughs> it's not that human. Ribs. <laughs> um. Also, the backup title of this episode is Long Pig, yep. of course. Long Pig Lover Hashtag 69. Long Pig. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And so many people have requested this topic, and we are so excited mm-hmm. to do it. My and God, <laughs> I've requested this topic several yeah. times. <laughs> I don't think you guys understand how excited I am mm-hmm. for this. I think we do I, understand. <laughs> I, think, I think we're creeps. think I speak for us all yeah. when I say, chill the fuck out. Yeah. It's going to be Never. fun. Your enthusiasm Never. is questionable and also creepy. Yeah. It's only, yeah. the alcohol will only amplify it. I'm oh, I know. right now. Oh, my God. I'm looking forward to it. All right, before Lucy totally nerds out, <laughs> Amanda, what is our, I'm, I'm so excited, what is our wine crime pairing for cannibalism? There were so many options like wine (laughs) and cannibalism go together like a fine pork rump 
Love and marriage. Seriously. As I was going down the halls of Total Wine Bloomington, I was just like, you, you can imagine me as What's Her Face from Sound of Music on the mountaintop just spinning. <laughs> <laughs> just touching Maria. the bottles. Maria. Yeah. The aisles are alive mm-hmm. with the sound of cannibalism. And while I was drawn to the much suggested carnivore red blend, Ooh. Ooh, ooh. I decided yep, yep. not to go in that direction. And mm. we are such enthusiasts of Silence of the Lambs, and this is a goddamn cannibal mm. episode. Oh. I had to pair it with a nice Chianti. Oh. Oh. oh my god. Yes, I just got shivers. I selected this with Kenyon in mind because it turns out. Rafino is a Chianti <laughs> Reserva. So Rafino is when finally having rough, its day. Call Rafino. Rufino. <laughs> Rufino. I was so thrilled. I was like, holy shit, I had no idea that was a Chianti. Kenyon's gonna shit herself. Oh my god. I'm very excited. So I love it. I'm vindicated. This is it. This is your this is your moment. This is a powerful young reserva out of Tuscany, Italy. It has oh. earthy aromas reminiscent of porcini mushrooms, which are amazing. If you've never eaten a fucking porcini mushroom, stop this episode now. Go get one. Cook it up with a little butter. <laughs> <laughs> but it also has a balance of bright cherry that comes uh, forward on the palate with like those first couple sips. Um, this is a full-bodied wine. Most Chiantis are medium to full-bodied. Um, this one in particular has some bright acidity that cuts some of that rich texture. So although it is a full-bodied wine, it might drink a little bit more like a medium-bodied wine, which makes it a little more versatile with different varieties of meat. A lot of Chiantis are mm-hmm. really great with red meat, but we could definitely pair this with pork. Just so. Uh, yeah. Um, that's pretty typical <laughs> of the varietal. Um, it is an incredibly versatile grape and a very varied red wine um, that depending on where it's cultivated within the region, it's going to reflect the long tradi- traditions of that particular winemaker. So even if you have two Chiantis mm. that are coming out of Tuscany, which most Chiantis do, the winemaker might have slightly different ways to cultivate that grape or might have slightly different ways to um, handle the barrel aging process or whatever. And so those wines are going to taste completely differently, even if they're neighboring wineries, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about the term full body. Sure, sure. And I think that that fits with the cannibalism mm-hmm. episode. It um, what does it just mean that the the flavor is like really strong right out of the gate? It, like it just like packs a punch. Sure. I mean, everybody who does uh, wine tastings and has tasting notes is going to have kind of a differentiated opinion of what that term means. For me, I think it's a bunch of different things that. Um, contribute to a full-bodied wine so obviously like a complex and like depth of flavor is going to contribute to a full-bodied wine um color if it's really dark Mm. and inky that's going to contribute to it being a full-bodied wine and um Mm. of course mouthfeel for me that's the most important um i would consider merlots even though they're kind of soft in flavor on the palate i'd still consider them Mm -hmm. medium to full-bodied because they have that like velvety mouthfeel um, mm-hmm. So I love that mouthfeel. Yeah, Merle- also, I don't know which is worse, the word mouthfeel. Yeah, I was or just gonna say, Daddy thirst. I know, Daddy's. I know. I, I hate that. That's such like a perfect way to describe how something feels in the mouth. 
obviously, but right. that's how I right. classify a full-bodied wine, but people are going to have different opinions because, you know, taste is a spectrum. So who knows? I'm curious so about the mouthfeel of various uh, human organs and tissues. Mm. Me too. Yeah. And if we're equating that to, you know, a wine kind of thing, it's going to depend on, mm. like, the acidity and how much fat... Things like that contribute Ooh, to the mouthfeel. You're a great big fat person. Great big fat person. <laughs> Lactic acid. Mm-hmm. 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 If they Myelin. exercise. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, why the Chianti grape has been grown and made into Chianti in Tuscany for well over a thousand years. Um, and it, to the point where, like, local winemaking traditions have been parlayed into regulations to define and preserve the Chianti style. So it's almost like Mm -hmm. how champagne has to come from Champagne, France. Like, a true Chianti has to fit a certain level of requirements based on the traditional style in Tuscany. So let's pop this Rufio. Just kidding. Rufino. (laughs) Open. Here we go. Nice pop. Nice pop. That That was a full-bodied pop. pop. You know how I like a full-bodied pop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was, like, satisfying. Cheers, ladies. Uh, Kenyon needs a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen Stewart. (laughs) Totino's pizza rolls and Rufino. I'm all, I'm verklempt. (laughs) <laughs> I'm schwitzing. Mm. Ew. Oh, yeah, that sounds disgusting. You're a schwitzer? sweating. <laughs> oh. What talent? Elliot Schwitzer? Is that like being a okay. squirter? <laughs> All right. So I was trying to frame it. <laughs> I don't know if it came across that way. <laughs> okay. Gross. Oh, my God. All right. Lucy, what is our background and psych for you guys, fucking cannibalism? I have to be honest. My my heart's beating really fast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get it together. I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> okay. So, I, I literally consulted three websites for my notes. That's That was in the span of, like, two hours. That's okay. how... <laughs> excited I am. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> we're discussing cannibalism in humans, mm-hmm. and I will also share a little bit about cannibalism in animals. Um, but cannibalism Ooh. in humans is the act or practice of humans eating the flesh or organs of other human beings. Yep. And as mm-hmm. I said, this happens across the animal kingdom as well. So, the word cannibalism, also known as anthropophagy... Mm. is derived oh. from the Spanish word cannibalis, cannibalis. Okay. okay. And that is the Spanish name for a West Indies tribe, and it also uh, basically means or is derived from a Spanish word for savage. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So okay. That, that tribe in the West Indies uh, is the first and most well-known recorded Western findings of cannibalism. Okay. And it was from the island... the. Island Carib people of the Lesser Antilles, so okay. Caribbean, like Spanish mm-hmm. colonized. Um, that's sort of the first like Western findings of mm-hmm. recorded findings. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these people are savages, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of common across kind of a lot of cultures. Oh girl, like, oh girl. Yeah. All right, you, you take wait. it away. I know. I have so <laughs> many questions, and I'm just not asking. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, there I is some kind. There. There's some. Oh, I'm gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> There's some controversy over whether there was actually any cannibalism happening at, in this location at that time or whether it was just island legends. But okay. either way, that's sort of the reputation now, obviously, because that's how we got the word cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are a few different types of cannibalism. Uh, something called endocannibalism is the practice of eating people within the same community. And this can be a cultural norm. It can be part of the grieving process. So like eating your neighbor before or after Mm -hmm. death. Or eating a loved one after death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, part of a funeral ritual in quite a few cultures. So Mm -hmm. um, it is, uh, it's sort of a way, they see it as a way to pass the deceased on to future generations. Okay, Mm -hmm. I guess, Um, but ew. I could I could definitely see myself being so crazy grief stricken mm-hmm. that I try to eat some of Zach. Well, there's that episode of My Strange Addiction where the woman <laughs> is just eating the canister of her husband's ashes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there yep. is a psychological motive for this sort of behavior. And actually, when I was reading about this, so again, in um, some... Uh, African cultures, some cultures in Oceania, like on like Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part. Uh huh. This is part of the yep. funeral process, and sometimes they will bury the body and then dig them up later. Yeah. And so <gasps> there are like, ma- they've described maggots being uh-huh. on the body, and so they will. It's a preservation process almost. It's oh sort God. of like aging a wine. Yeah, but there are other oh my there God. Are these like really gross dishes. I mean, I think they're gross because I'm a fucking <laughs> modern Westerner. Mm-hmm. But where you like bury meat just like yeah. that, and yeah, it, it, oh, like, like in Iceland, almost. yeah, it's like jerky. Yeah, yeah. You, you bury shark meat. Right. You eat like fermented <clears throat> shark meat. It's horrifying. Uh-huh. Those no, thousand-year-old eggs in mm, China. Yes. Oh. What the yes. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather um, but eat they, human flesh than one of those fucking Chinese thousand-year-old eggs. Sorry they about right. it. They're not. I have I have a long list of foods that I ate while living in China nope. that I would have preferred to eat long pig. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Corey had dog. He said it just tasted like roast beef. My God. We're going to get so much hate mail. Um, we're going to get into a lot more controversial shit in the next 15 minutes, so mm-hmm. hold right. your... Hold your corpses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was reading about these funeral practices, I came across something that said, like, they'll, again, they'll bury the, the body and then they'll exhume them several days later. So there will be maggots on them and then they'll, ch- like, chop up the body mm-hmm. to, to prepare it for eating and they will serve yeah. the maggots as a side dish. Oh, my God. Uh, <clears throat> no. There's a lot of rice in my curry. And they're looking real baggedy <laughs> to me right now. Oh, it's like that Is scene any in of them uh, moving. Oh, no, what's that movie moving. about the vampire kids in LA? Um, I don't know. Twilight. <laughs> no, I can't. It's like an '80s movie. Uh-oh. Whatever. <clears throat> All I can think of when anyone mentions maggots is my aunt's. No, my aunt's story. Oh of my god, White Castle going. Yes. Going to White Castle and like five p- 
people being there and four of them ordered like whatever the sliders are with onions and one person no. was like no onions absolutely no onions and then no i hate this they all came back and everybody's chowing down no. and the one person who was like no onions they're like, oh, fucking goddamn it, they're onions. And so they're going to, like, scrape them off. And lo and behold, nope. Nope. the onions are alive and moving. Shaman so twist, the onions they are weren't even. They weren't even cooked? They weren't in the burger? No, the I The maggots? Know. They were just on they top? Were, they were both. A garnish? I assume they're <laughs> both, but she saw some on top and oh. thought they were onions. Good God. No, they're yep. protein. Get off your high horse. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay, moving on. So that was endocannibalism, is eating someone within the same community. And then there's exocannibalism, eating someone from outside the tribe, which is seen as Mm -hmm. a celebration of victory against a rival tribe. Oh, so so like revenge The Maoris did that. Yeah, like a retribution control, you know type of thing. So both types can be tied to the belief that eating someone will somehow endow the eater with some characteristics of the person being eaten. Okay. Yep. You'll get their power or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, There is also something called necro-cannibalism, which is eating someone after they're dead. Yep. And this is usually uh, is born from desperation. So we'll get... Because people are starving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people, so people die naturally, and somebody is starving, and they yeah, like eat that them. plane crash. Yeah. So or like, whatever. yep, alive right. or like the yeah. Donner party. Yeah. Yep. And we will get to those specific examples in a moment. Yes. Mm. Um, there is also homicidal cannibalism, which is killing someone to eat them. So the Jeffrey and- Dahmer party. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> A famous example of homicidal cannibalism is an English case, R versus Dudley and Stevens, which uh, took place in the late 1800s. They and several other people were uh, the crew of a ship called the Minionette, which was shipwrecked about 1,600 miles off the Cape of Good Hope. Hmm. So, like, they're in Ooh, the middle. South Africa. They're in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Yeah. There's yeah. Um, also, the Cape of Good Hope. Used to be called the Cape of Storms, but they figured that that was probably a bad PR move, (laughs) and so they renamed it the Cape of Good Hope. True story. Here's hoping that we survive this shipwreck. Mm -hmm. Right. There are a ton (laughs) of shipwrecks around there. Yeah, so this is one of them, the Mignonette. Um, So... I don't know how many people were on board to begin with, but after a wave hit them broadside and basically destroyed the ship, they had a lifeboat with four guys in it, mm-hmm. and they were adrift for 24 days total. <gasps> um, at one wow. point, at one point on like day t- 19 or 20, uh, one of the, the a cabin boy, one of the guys on the ship, fell into a coma after drinking seawater, presumably. Oh God. And two Mm. of the others killed him in order to eat him, and their rationale was that they could drink his blood before it congealed if he died of natural causes. Oh, okay. Like, he's already unconscious, he's gonna die anyway, we're gonna die if we don't do anything about this, so they stabbed him in the jugular with a pen knife. Oh my god. And allegedly his last words were, what, me? 
<laughs> like, he, like he somehow woke I'm up not even and said the that. Fast one here. Yeah. <laughs> like I get it, but me really. really? Well, Thanks, guys. And they were rescued four days later, which got me thinking: if you were in this situation and you were desperate enough to kill someone to eat them, and then you're like feasting on their organs, you have like blood all over your face and you're like eating with your hands and then you look up and there's like the Coast Guard and you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh shit, <laughs> I don't know. God I think they've been out there it. long enough to make that not yeah. okay, yeah. but I understand. I get it. it. Well, they yeah. probably would not have survived the four days until they that's were rescued. That's the thing. The four days after that still must have felt like decades. Like, that's just oh, so long sure. to be Oh, for sure. But it would have been so awful if it was, like, six hours later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 45 minutes later. God damn it. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Oh, it's just luck of the draw. You don't yeah. know. So this case. I get it. In that situation, I would honestly be the first one lined up to be like, someone's gonna yeah. die. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna I have zero I'm qualms. To eat. Zero qualms with eating someone in that I situation. Pretty much don't, I, I didn't have any problems with it until like that Kuru documentary mm. about how you can get like a brain disease. Oh, I'll get but, to that too. Oh okay. God. Let's right. just yes. let's just hold off on most commentary till I get through this cuz we're going to touch <laughs> on all of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um so anyway, this case uh basically set the precedence that necessity is not a justification for homicide. <gasps> oh fuck. Because you. they they tried to argue in court like it was necessary to kill him and eat him and like no. So that was this is a pretty important court case, at least in in uh, Britain. I would have a problem with killing someone, but if they're dying them, anyway. But if they died, she's moving of their anyway. Own volition, <laughs> they're moving anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then I would not have a problem eating them. Or if right. they're in a coma yeah. on a ship after we've been wrecked for a month and have no food or water, like. I'd assume that guy was gonna die. That would make the decision of who to kill to eat pretty easy. Yeah, and but actually, it doesn't sound um, like he was actually in a coma though. Quiet. Well, he was like unconscious, but he woke up when he got stabbed in the fucking jugular, mm-hmm. allegedly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay, so prehistorically speaking, cannibalism was the norm. And researchers think that Neanderthals practice cannibalism and that Neanderthals may have been eaten by anatomically modern humans. Really? Because they Ew. are technically a different species. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, scientists have found a gene present in many people today that basically protects against brain diseases that are caused by eating human brain tissue. Okay, there and you just go. As a, oh. And this is the Kuru thing that I'll get to. Um, but just so dis- some of us might be some of us might be okay. We might have the golden ticket. <laughs> well, let's find it, out. It's evidence that humans are predisposed to eating other humans. Do you think but they have as a dis- on Postmates? As a disclaimer, this is contested data research. Like, some uh, scientists are like, um, this is not accurate. So, just as a disclaimer, okay. although I'd love to think that it's true and that I have that gene. Mm. Yeah. Um, the oldest homo sapien bones have evidence of being, quote, defleshed by human teeth. <gasps> Good God. Uh, oh, by teeth? Human, human teeth, yeah. Teeth. And this... This could have been a means of predator control before bu- burial or burning dead bodies as a means of disposal. 
So oh. it could have been it could have been just strictly practical. It's the because honestly, to make sure they're dead. Well, yeah, and to not attract predator yeah, animals exactly. to your area. Oh, and, that's what you mean right. by predatory control. I didn't know. Yeah, that so meant. like when you go camping and you put all your food in a bag and hoist it up to the top of a tree so mm. bears can't get it. Got it. But right. Um, because the, cause like it's been argued that a human isn't all that nutritious right. for another, oh. for another human. So it probably, mm. I'm sure in some cases it was out of desperation survival, definitely, but yeah. it was also, could have just been like, oh, they're dead. Now, now we eat them. Mm. Okay. Um, okay. And I loved this little factoid. In the 16th century, there was a brief fad in Europe of selling ground-up Egyptian mummies as medicine. What? Nope. Nope. So it was actually a really lucrative trade between Egypt and Europe in this time. And but but soon they either ran out of mummies or they were never (laughs) mummies to begin with, and yeah, and it was discovered that they were just selling recently killed slaves. So they'd kill someone, dry them out, cut them up, and ground them up into a powder. My God. Yep. So um, and people, as soon as they realized that they weren't real mummies, as if it fucking makes a difference, they mm-hmm. lost interest. And well, it's just like in China with the whole like shark fin soup and rhino horn Viagra yeah. and all that stuff. Like some of it is real because there's rhino poaching, but I'm sure a lot of it is just random ass right. crap mm-hmm. that they powder and sell. Right. So these powdered human mummies is called, it's called mummy or mummia. And there is a photo on the drive of an old clay pot that says mummia on it that was sold with these powdered human remains. Does it say mummy fucking likey? Mummy fucking <laughs> likey. <laughs> mummia. Oh, but it likey. should. I'm looking for this photo. Is, Where is it? It's the very it's first one like in a, the drive. It's, it's like, like a big an orange, orange pot. pot. It looks like a tagine. That it that does. narrows it down. Thanks, Kenyon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> I found it. Oh my god. Okay. That is really so, cool looking, though. I know. So cannibalism was pretty common in the past and even continuing into today in some isolated cultures in the South Pacific, like Papua New Guinea. And if you guys have not seen the documentary called Pura Rambo, Mm. it was on Netflix for a little while, but I don't think it is anymore. It's fucking fascinating. Really? It's basically... Pura Rambo? Pura Rambo, yeah. If you haven't um, seen every part of the Rambo series, then <laughs> you haven't lived. Purely Rambo. <laughs> Purely Rambo. <laughs> all Rambo, all the time. Purely oh Rambo. My God. But it's like a film crew that goes to Papua New Guinea, and they record... This is basically this tribe's first real exposure to modern culture. Huh. And they That's they so do talk about cannibalism and things like that, but it's it's really really interesting. Okay. Yep. Um. So and even in some tropical African areas today, uh, there were flesh markets in an area called Melanesia, which I had no idea where that was, but it's in Oceania, mm. aka Australia, mm. and it includes it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of islands that includes Vanuatu, Fiji, Papua New Guinea, and the Solomon Islands. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's also other- don't don't piss off New Zealand because they're in Oceania too. I'm getting to New Zealand. They have. They, they, they have also have evidence. It's okay. Of cannibalism. Everyone has it. Oh. Also, a lot like, of cannibalism. in the Amazon basin and in the Congo. And as mm-hmm. we sort of have touched on recently, there was an outbreak of a disease which was actually a neurodegenerative disorder called Kuru. Yeah, that's In what a Papua is. New Guinea tribe. Yeah. Um, and it is a result of, well, it's a, it's a genetic abnormality related to an of abnormally folded prion proteins, which are present in Mm -hmm. human brain tissue. Mm -hmm. So if you eat that, then that affects your own genes, and it results in tremors and uh, loss of coordination, and you eventually die from it. Wow. So So that documentary about Kuru, so basically this brain disease from that, it's, it's like a naturally occurring abnormality... But then if you eat someone with that prion protein disorder, then it will spread to you Mm -hmm. and your offspring, I think. So that documentary was so fucking fascinating that I then read this book called The Family That Couldn't Sleep. Oh, my God. That makes me want to cry because it's so creepy. Uh, Yeah. Because sleeping is so great. Because sleeping is so Because sleeping is... (laughs) <laughs> the best thing ever. So it's it's about these prion protein disorders, and there's this one, like, Italian family that it's, like, documented through, like, all these generations that they had this, like, prion protein disorder. Wow. Similar to Kuru. Anyway. Read The Family That Couldn't Sleep. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's awesome. wonderful. Um, Go on. <laughs> okay. There have also, I'm drunk. <laughs> there have also been recent reports from North Korea about cannibalism due to famine oh. and the rigid government-controlled agriculture yeah. that they have there. They're starving. Mm-hmm. They're, yep. they're starving. So, And this is happening today. And there are no yep. solid reports of it just because it's fucking North Korea right. and we don't get any solid reports at all no, out of them. No, because they control but, all of the media. The government controls all the media. Yeah, so right. um, people are warned not to eat meat from street vendors. No. Like, if you don't know where the meat co- came oh from, don't God. eat it. And oh, a, yeah. a, a man was recently arrested <laughs> for allegedly killing and eating his two children. Oh, baby muffins. His own children? Yeah, it's like a desperation. I mean, Delicious, yeah. delicious baby muffins. I mean, maybe oh. like veal. I bet their meat is more tender. Mm. Oh, God. The cuter the animal, the better oh, it tastes. Think of how mm-hmm. delicious my baby niece would... Okay, I can't. I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> can't okay, this joke Hi, is Ashley. not going can't anywhere. Do it. I, like, oh, it yeah. caught in my throat and started making me feel sick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, so no. I do have a heart. So today, oh, no. uh, particularly in, like, Western cases, most cases are a result of desperation, famine, last resort. Like we said, the uh, was it the Paraguayan soccer team, mm-hmm. or they were from mm-hmm. Montevideo, and they were flying over the Andes, and their plane crashed, and, like, some of them died on impact, and yep. the others, there were, like... There were, like, a dozen or more survivors, and they ended up eating... The, the dead, dead. Yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. this, I would eat you guys. Is there? Oh yeah. If I would be. eat you for sure. I don't think I'd kill you to yeah. eat you, but if you were already dead, no. Yeah. I'd cook you up in mm-hmm. some fucking garlic butter, and it would be a treat. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
Is there a history of cannibalism in, like, uh, I mean, obviously not, I mean, I guess our culture doesn't go back that far, but potentially Native American culture, like, uh, among indigenous peoples that were on the land before we fucking stole it? Yeah, so, like I said, like, cannibalism, (laughs) as far as prehistoric early humans, Mm -hmm. was the norm. Okay, so that's, like, worldwide. That's not a region thing that was happening anywhere. That there was human, early human life, there was probably cannibalism. Yep, there's evidence Mm -hmm. of it. There's evidence of it in cultures ranging from um, people who lived in the Americas before Europeans got here, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. South America, Central America, Africa, Oceania, including New Zealand. Oh, yeah. um, Thank you. Europe. You know, it was everywhere. It was, it was not, I don't, I don't think that as humans, our, our morals had developed in the direction of don't eat your brother. Basic fight, flight, hunt, gather, survive. That's like, those were all of our motivating factors as early humans. And if it was Mm -hmm. Mm pre-agriculture, you're eating meat. Yep. I mean, what's the fucking difference, so... Yeah, you um, need protein. Yeah, so the so today make America great again. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Jonathan it's Swift? Just me. There was like that Jonathan Swift article, like basically advocating eating your children. That so many people did not understand that it was satire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people got it. real upset about it. <laughs> um, so can you imagine? Can you even imagine going through life? Where you can't pick up on the fact that an article yeah, is satire about eating your children is satire. <laughs> that that is how fucking obtuse you are. That you can't God. understand that, well, or you don't intuitively it was know that. First, it was the first satirical article ever published. Yeah. Oh, I'm right. talking like well. a long time ago. Mm, I fine. love it. Okay. Um, okay, so in the case of the Paraguayan, I think, uh, soccer team that crashed in the Andes, the Donner Party, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. so not only is it out of desperation, but also, like we talked about Jeffrey Dahmer, mm-hmm. it is an obsession that may be developed in the mentally ill, specifically people with uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Mm. I read, okay. so, I mean... Not if you are paranoid schizophrenic, you're going to eat people. But that's just one um, diagnosis that uh, researchers have found it's sort of a, a leak. There's a little it's bit one of way it might manifest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I also went down the rabbit hole on sexual cannibalism. Yes, this is and what I've been sort of, And this is sort of but uh, something that's more prevalent well, prevalent in the animal world. Mm-hmm. And this is when a female cannibalizes her mate, her male mate prior to, <laughs> during, or after copulation. Yes. I like that you prefaced with, it's kind of more prevalent in the animal <laughs> kingdom. I mean, we all have been there. It's not right? like it's never happened in the human kingdom. Right. The human oh kingdom. <laughs> so this is mostly arachnids, and there are several other insects like the praying mantis, <laughs> uh, which I initially spelled P-R-A-I-N because my subconscious is fucking stupid, I guess. Praying mantis. Praying mantis. Uh, be- oh. Believed to have 
evolved as a manifestation of sexual conflict. You guys are going to die at the rest of this. It's so fucking perfect. Okay. Um, so wherein the reproductive interests of the males and the females differ. Uh-huh. So basically the female's like, um, no, this is how it's happening. Mm-hmm. No, and then I'm you're dying now. Bye-bye. Um, so females of these types of species are generally hostile and unwilling to mate. Thus many males have developed behaviors to counteract female aggression, which basically in this context means they're totally willing to die and be eaten in order to impregnate the female. Procreate. As if flowers and compliments don't work. I don't know. (laughs) They're totally willing to fuck up their bar tab for the attempt to procreate. And that is their choice. They offer. Mm -hmm. I will sacrifice my credit score to be able to fuck you. Just because you bought me all those drinks doesn't mean I owe you shit, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh my god, Fuck yeah. Off. So the adaptive foraging hypothesis is a proposed pre-copulatory explanation in which females assess the nutritional value of a mate compared to the <laughs> mate's value as a mate. Oh my so god, she's so like, she's better mm. off getting like the vitamins out of eating yeah. his body yeah. than she is having you him around you. for the rest of her life. Yeah, I get it. I so I'm trying. I'm thinking her. which We've, exes of mine I should have just eaten. All of them. Oh, I can name five off the top of my head. Mm. I don't yeah. even need yeah. to consult my list because mm-hmm. I have a list. Yeah. Um, So that is one hypothesis, the adaptive foraging hypothesis, or she might just be pissed off that day. That is an actual scientific hypothesis, and it's called aggressive spillover hypothesis. (laughs) Oh, she might have just been in a bad mood. She's just getting her period, guys. (laughs) She's just in a red tent, praying mantis. Just hanging out by the railroad tracks, bleeding profusely. Oh <laughs> or you want in her. here? You want in here? <laughs> really? Oh my god! Oh, I love this. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Where's the Do whatever you want. Yeah, go out with the guys. It's fine. You don't don't show up with want, Reese's. I'm fine. I will literally eat your face. <laughs> Zach has actually gotten into a routine of just buying chocolate ice cream mm. when he knows that I'm on my period, mm. and it's the best. It's like you have trained now. him well. It's so good, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Corey just knows to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's been gone all weekend. Go camping for a couple <laughs> days, bud. <laughs> And it is you want to end up in the freezer. It is welcome. Trust me. Okay, so in culture, many myths and legends involving malevolent cannibalism as a form of extreme retribution, like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. Mm. Um, mm. Some Greek mythology. I, there are a lot of gods and Greek characters that eat mm. other people. I didn't even go into that. Mm. Um, there is mm-hmm. an Algonquian, the Native American tribe that has the legend, uh, the cryptid of the Wendigo. I fucking love the mm-hmm. Wendigo. Yeah. So that's oh. most of the references in modern culture are like in this context is about retribution like you know you don't behave that witch is gonna eat you the like wendigo kind of thing. Yep. War is so creepy too because like once it's that 
once you get like that taste for human flesh, it's insatiable yeah. and it just controls your life and you like physically uh. start to change. It's so fucking creepy. So definitely well, read a bunch of shit about the Wendigo tonight before you go to bed. Scientists, yeah. and mm-hmm. I will get to more of this later, but scientists think that consuming human flesh is addictive. Yep. <gasps> just on a base Why? level. I don't we'll know, get but, to that. Oh. So another um, another aspect of this, culturally speaking, has to do with imperialism. So demonizing indigenous groups is mm-hmm. a way to yep. establish perceived cultural superiority basically for political purposes. Mm-hmm. And yep. it's largely largely based on racism and hearsay there's like a major lack of proof and it's a way to justify the conquest and colonization of of other cultures and areas basically. so colonists saying that indigenous cultures practice cannibalism when really they don't it's just a way to dehumanize them and to make it okay. and to justify the conquest of their Mm-hmm. culture and their mm-hmm. homeland and their resources mm-hmm. and well all their, of our ancestors yeah. practice cannibalism so i know get over so yourself some major european hypocrisy happening here what the fuck else is new right so yeah yeah um psychologically speaking cannibalism is a great example of the bounds of cultural relativism like what is actually beyond the pale concerning human behavior. Okay. Personally, okay. I think, how like, how is this really that different from eating a pig? They have a high IQ. As far as mouthfeel, yeah. it's very similar in, in taste to human sure. flesh. Like, what? why are our boundaries drawn the way that they are? Mm-hmm. And why are yeah, so people... Plenty. Why are people so revolted about Chinese people eating dogs? And I understand the argument where, like, they torture them, they're more tender, that right. obviously torture, not okay, but just eating certain meats and not eating other meats, mm-hmm. like, there's such right. a... There's such a line drawn, and, well, and I don't culture really culture, get it. Do, you know, in a lot of places, like, dogs <laughs> are not domesticated pets, you know, in right. China, in China, the dogs that are served in restaurants are raised the same way that we raise pigs and cows to be co- eaten by yeah. people. Right. I could never like, eat a right. dog because I have two dogs of my own, and like the thought of that makes me want to sob. But I don't begrudge right. another culture having a source of food. You know, there are. Places that won't eat beef because that's like a sacred animal. I fucking eat a burger every week. Like you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's it's you yeah. can't. I don't know. What when I was in India, I had this one guy who was. Uh, you had was like for this dinner? trip out to the. <laughs> yeah, I ate this, I ate this one guy. I had this delicious. one guy. <laughs> I had this he one was guy, really chewy. medium rare, really tough. I would highly recommend this one guy, but he's dead now. So. <laughs> mm, bummer. I ate him all. Is his arm still available? Oh my god, no. Okay, he was driving. He was driving me somewhere, like me and a bunch of other people, and it was kind of like a longer road trip sort of thing. And so we got to talking, and he, uh, we got. I don't know how we got on this subject, but he said that he would rather kill his own mother than kill a cow. Wow. Did you talk about like, how Westerners view beef? Like, we don't call it cow. We call it beef. Those right. are two different well, he, things in I our mean, minds. I mean, he 
he knew, well, you right. know, but it just wasn't his reality, you know. Yeah. I did. I wasn't like, oh, I eat a burger. I was just listening. <laughs> and uh, oh, she's putting beef jerky in her mouth. <laughs> no, but it was he was he was so serious. Mm-hmm. And in India, cows are just like wandering the streets. Yeah. So you can be like driving in a major city and like have to like slam on the brakes because there's just like a cow yeah. in the middle of yeah. the road. There's like they a, just roam free. There's like a political demonstration that I read about recently where women are wearing cow masks in India as a protest to say that cows are safer than women in that country. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cows are, in some parts of India, cows are definitely treated better than women. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it's also, I mean, it's not only a religious thing, but it's like a cultural, it depends on like the neighborhood that you live in. Mm -hmm. Um, There are are neighborhoods that do have they're totally open to meat and animal byproducts, but they're, like, completely separate, mm-hmm. totally separate from areas with people living in it that are not, you know. They have different restaurants. They have different everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also interesting to think about just if we look at India, there's a whole culture that won't eat beef because it's sacred and holy and higher than and everything. And then the Muslim population won't eat pork right. because they see it as lesser and dirty and unclean. Mm-hmm. And the end is the same thing of refusing to consume a certain type of meat, but it's for entirely different reasons. Right. Yeah. So I guess this is all to show how relative our perception of what's appropriate to eat mm-hmm. is. And yeah. I per, I mean, I love cats, for example. Mm-hmm. I have two cats. I love cats. But if given the chance to eat cat meat, like, prepared, I think curiosity would win out. I mm-hmm. would eat a cat. Curiosity would kill the cat. Oh, my God. Basically. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if it were already dead. If I had to order a cat and they're like, okay, we're going to go kill it now, that would be different. Yeah. But if it were on a plate in front of me and I'd be like, oh, I wonder what cat tastes like. I don't know. And also, yeah. and again, given a survival situation, if Amanda was dead and Kenya and I were like, eh, Why we me? have these steak knives. <laughs> Why am I dead? I would... I would sooner eat you or Amanda, presuming you're already dead, than a dog. Oh, same. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yes. What if the dog was already dead? No. I couldn't prepare it. If it was a dog's corpse and Amanda's corpse, okay. and you were hungry, you'd seriously oh, eat Amanda okay. first. Okay, you're right. If it Okay, if it was a random dog's corpse... Yep. Then yeah, random dog. If it was Josie, then it was no. Josie versus, versus Amanda. Amanda. I would eat Amanda. I would eat. Are you I would serious? eat over Callie any day. And Burke, oh my Burke God. is just disgusting. No one can eat him. He could not give it a good eat, no. I would eat both yeah. my we cats would have over to your eat corpses. Over Callie. Or Burke. <laughs> I would eat both well, my I'm cats. I'm shocked. They probably taste better. Well, actually, no. You would probably taste better. Uh-huh. Right. Cats would taste disgusting. Cats and Burke would taste Ugh. disgusting. Cats and Burke. I just imagine how Burke's <laughs> mouth smells and just like, oh, uh, a little corpse I mouth. I love Burke, but he if he gets anywhere close to 
my face, I gag. Yeah, Yeah, Ray ate a fly earlier today, and I saw him, like, chewing it, and, like, uh, you don't get any mouth kisses for a couple days. That's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Until I forget. All right. I have to go brush my teeth. We're super off track. Let's get back on track. Okay, so there are about 500 trillion calories worth of human flesh on the planet right now. Wow. <laughs> All right. That Which is I an thought was fascinating. Um, one person <laughs> contains enough meat to feed one other person for about a month. And I think oh, that's wow. just like just sustaining levels. And I think that that also includes like marrow, organs, yeah. like mm-hmm. the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. It's also probably pretty relative because I think I could. Sustain someone for a good six weeks. This is, this is probably an average, though. A quarter. It's probably an average. <laughs> so if you think of all the large folks on the planet compared to all the oh, right. yeah, itty bitties sure. on the planet. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, average, it's it's dependent, it's dependent on weight, so probably average weight of a human on the planet, right. given how many countries have much smaller people than Americans, mm-hmm. probably, like, <laughs> what, 160, 170? Yeah. Average. Could we change all dress sizes to how many weeks you could feed another person? <laughs> I'd still be like a size 13. Oh my god, you guys. <laughs> on that note, I found, a, I found a joke on this website where I got that stat from. Okay, so there's mm-hmm. one person talking and she goes... Okay, here's an idea. Most of the human population dies, and a small band of survivors, which is us, feeds on the corpses. Sound fun? Mm. And her friend said, yeah. uh, ew, that's horrifying. And she goes, okay, then you think of a prom theme. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is us to a T. Oh, my God. To a goddamn T. That's so good. Um, okay, so I just have a little bit more to go. Um, there, <laughs> I was thinking about Jeffrey Dahmer and, like, how it's loosely associated with, uh, um, schizophrenia. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, there is a resistance, obviously, to labeling cannibalism as a mental disorder, just given the, the facets that we've discussed about what cannibalism is right. and the history behind it. So well, yeah, it's like a little more complicated because there's context. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's a manifestation of something else, no matter what. Right. Um, unless it's out of obviously necessity. So it's also sometimes a sexual fantasy because it's so taboo and it represents utter domination of another person. Okay, um, I can see it. And this is mostly in the context of Western perception. So cannibals are often loners. And who are very isolated, so eating someone fills that void. Okay. And some cannibals have reported orgasms by cutting up flesh and eating it, like just the process of oh my god dismemberment, mm-hmm. basically. All right. Well, that's a little far. Yeah. And this for is me. called voraraphilia, okay. which is the sexual fetish and paraphilia, where arousal occurs from the idea of cannibalism. Ugh. Vora Rufinio. Vora Rufinio. Vora Rufinio. <laughs> and it's, this was really interesting. It's common to find many small cuts on a body because 
they enjoy the process so much. Oh my god! So instead oh. of like cutting off one big piece, it's like no. lots of little. Uh uh-uh. uh. So there is a researcher, and I don't have her name because I copied and pasted this and neglected to put, it's Karen something. Anyway, she <laughs> quotes, people who have engaged in this act report feelings of euphoria or get a high from performing the action to completion. And these individuals have psychopathic tendencies, so, like, a lack of empathy and regard for other human life, and are, but are generally not psychotic. So we've discussed the difference between psychopathic and psychotic in a previous episode. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're not psychotic because they are totally aware of exactly what they're doing. And that's how they get that thrill. They're well aware of what they're doing. So, yeah, they have no empathy, but they're not crazy because they know what's happening around them. Yep. They know exactly what they're doing, and that's where the high comes from. Woof. Okay. So, anyway, uh, that is the end of my research only because I ran out of time. I really could have done this for another 24 hours or more. No, Lucy is going to do a spinoff podcast about about cannibalism. (laughs) And necrophilia, because I got my jollies on that one, too. And blood spatter. <laughs> You're like a tear sick. Oh, and blood spatter. For the record, <laughs> I have neither fucked nor eaten a, Anyone. a dead body. No. But I'm young. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's plenty of time. There's still time. It's on my bucket list. Stop. <laughs> Only because Ick. of lack of opportunity. Oh my god. I would much rather eat a dead person, assuming they're like freshly dead, than fuck one. Well, as we've discussed, and as our, um, who was this Instagram person that said, um, so especially in cases of strangulation of a male, um, Mm -hmm. erections are actually pretty common. So this was from our Instagram follower, aviator underscore 426B. Okay. <laughs> it's very. I love, I love the tidbits and the kernels of knowledge that, that our listeners share with us. <laughs> oh my god, I am so grateful. So I'm sure and there the has search to be blood flow. <laughs> the search terms that have led to people discovering our podcast are really just gems. You're as well. welcome. Oh my god. Also, All our right. bracelets that say "Delete my search history" no so longer real. a joke. So this real. is not a drill. <laughs> Someone needs to break into my house, get on my incognito window. (laughs) You might end up being convicted of my murder, but this is more important. You're right. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. All right, my case. So, I'm drunk, you guys. I'm so excited. All right. So, my case, I had never heard of it before. Um, but it is fucking bonkers. I'm excited. And completely heinous. And, like, I have a pretty strong stomach about this stuff, as you probably could tell by how many times I volunteered that I would deaf eat people. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> over a dog. Yep. <laughs> yep, I Just stand saying. by that. Um, <laughs> but this case is really gross and just, like, 
follow-up disclaimer. We have a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode, but like extra disclaimer. This case is disgusting and it involves children. Oh no. I'm so excited. He, children <laughs> are just young adults. Get over it. That's all. Oh. Uh, all right. So you've been warned. I'm just letting you guys know you've been warned. Okay. okay. So my case is that of the Maurova family in the Czech Republic in 2007. Okay. So um, Clara and Katerina Maurova were sisters living together in Brno. I don't know how to say that. Czech Republic. Um. Clara was mother to two young sons, eight-year-old Andre and 10-year-old Jakob. Okay. Okay. The sisters belong to a cult called the Grail Movement. Heaven's as in the, oh, Go, oh, wait. Basically. The Holy Grail Movement. Holy Credonia. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's called the Grail Movement. Um... Some of their other relatives who also live nearby were also members of this cult. Gross. Okay. okay. The Grail Movement cult was founded in Germany between World War One and Two, um, and people follow this self-proclaimed messiah. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of shit, and I'm not going to get into all the details because it doesn't really matter. Um, but he had like a pen name, and it's like pseudo Christian. Did their leader follow... live in a glass house in Florida? Uh, he was German, so no. And <laughs> but otherwise, props. Mm. Yeah, props. <laughs> Factual. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't really find out like that many details about the specific beliefs of the cult because. It seems like there were a lot of, like, different offshoots and sex within the cult. Right. Sex. And they kind of just, like, interpreted this main book that the founder wrote in crazy ways, and that is what made the cult so insane. Okay. Hmm. Christianity. So, like, yeah, like, what's written <sighs> on the page doesn't sound that crazy. It's, like... Christianity mixed with like some reincarnation stuff and like going through cycles of reincarnation until you reach enlightenment type of stuff. Right. Okay. But okay. like the people that ended up following this cult were, were like fucking batshit yeah. and like yeah. So um, it's believed to have between ten and twenty thousand members uh, in various enclaves around the world. Even now, as of today. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, this case takes place in twenty in two thousand seven. Oh, okay, Whoa. okay. Um. So yeah, basically, all I know is that the different members got super wacko and started to create their own like religious rituals. Mm-hmm. Which will come into play. So, um, somehow these rituals called for the fucking horrific abuse and sadistic torture of Clara Maurova's two young sons. Mm. Um, and in particular, the abuse of the younger son, Andre. Okay. Okay? Jesus. And 
this, I couldn't get like a clear explanation about why two young boys had to be tortured for their religion. Right. So, but um, it wasn't those two specific boys. No, it was. It was just two young boys. They were torturing the sons. Right? I don't know. Oh. No, I know, I, but like in the book, they weren't like torture Aaron and Kyle. In the in, no, in the text of the book that they follow, there's nothing about this. Okay. Okay. So I, I don't know how these rituals developed, right. but they were called part of the cult or religion. Okay. Well, as we okay. know, there's no rhyme or reason to religious interpretation. True. Right. It was some. It was something about breaking down an individual's spirit until there is no longer free will. Okay. Ugh. But that's as far. That's like as far as I got into explaining why they were torturing these children. Okay. Stop okay. me. So um, the boys were tortured daily in a number of ways, including. <sighs> Being beaten, whipped with belts, chained to furniture for long periods of time and made to soil themselves Mm. and then left there without relief for days on end. So just like, yeah, you know, being just like having to wait there. Mm. Um, Sad. They were often kept uh, locked together in a dog crate. The two of them in one? Uh, The two boys. They were eight and ten. God years old and they were sometimes forced to cut themselves with knives um their mother clara and aunt katerina along with other relatives in the cult would stub their cigarettes out on the boy's skin and like and like on their on their faces what the um they suffered severe malnutrition they endured sexual abuse um and at, on at least one occasion, they were nearly drowned. God. Um, and the abuse, the abuse was just, like, constant. Like, unless, unless the adults were asleep, the boys were being abused. Wow. And this was for the purpose of fulfilling some sort of religious mandate? So they said. So they claimed. I couldn't find anything about... The cult itself that would explain this. Okay. So, I don't know. So they weren't torturing Um, them to prime their bodies for consumption as the Chinese dogs that we talked about? No, but we will get into the cannibalism stuff. Okay. And and where that ties into the ritual. Okay, I'm just wondering if it's related. Yeah. Um... Also, just I want to note, there are a lot of, like, really gruesome images online of the boys actually being abused, and we are not going to post any of those pictures on the blog. Where did the photos come from? They took photos while they were abusing them? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. There are a couple on the drive of them in the crate. I put some on the drive for you two to see, but they will not be on the blog. Um, These are young so boys, too. Like, Well, obviously young eight. enough for two to fit in a fucking dog crate. Yeah, they're eight years old and ten years old. It's so sad. So we're not putting those photos online. I put them there for you two to see, but we're not putting them online. Okay. It's very easily Googleable if you want to see, but, like, I would highly recommend not. So anyway, um, 
you might think that it couldn't get any fucking worse for these kids. But you would be wrong. Yeah. Uh, So eventually the torture escalated to satisfy a new twisted religious interpretation of the Eucharist. So, Mm. Lucy, you're a Catholic. You know what that is. Yeah, the body and the blood. Mm -hmm. Yep. So they got it into their heads that the Bible was calling for the consumption of the actual blood and flesh of human beings for the Eucharist. Can I just point out that... Mm-hmm. So in, I think, every other denomination of Christianity besides Catholicism recognizes that this is just, it's not, a you're symbol. not, it's just symbolic. You're not literally consuming the body and the blood. But in Catholicism, yeah, it's not symbolic. You are consuming yeah. the blood and the flesh, which is fucking insane. But yeah. yeah, so if if you think that what this cult is is saying is that fucking mm-hmm. nuts, then um, it's not that far then off. Then you're Protestant. Then open your Catholic. eyes, you fucking Lutheran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then you're a fucking Lutheran and then a Catholic. Take right, down that goddamn Frida sign. You goddamn <laughs> lazy sons of bitches. <laughs> okay, so... Clara's younger son, Andre, was kept naked and chained in the basement cellar for over eight months. Oh, my God. An eight-year-old? Yeah. An eight-year-old. Oh, God. Um, Clara then began to ritualistically skin him. Ew. Removing bits of flesh along the way. He is alive and awake and conscious. Okay. She would then force him to eat his own flesh. What the yeah. fuck? Like cut pieces and then, of it off of him and feed and it to him. And make him eat it. Yep. Yep. His arm, his arm and hand were skinned. Oh my God. Oh my God. Probably the grossest part is that he was likely starved so badly that. He ate, I mean, he ate it because mm-hmm. he was hungry. He was, he was so malnourished. I don't, I mean, he was also four, he was eight years old and he was forced to also, so I don't know. Right. But she would, she would eat some, she would make him eat some, and then she would feed it to other cult members this as well. This is his wow. mother? This is his mother. Wow. Wow. Um, his wounds were never attended to. And so she, it wasn't, like, all in one day either. She would, like, skin a little bit and, like, do this and then, like, come back the next day and, like, do a little bit more. Over how long of a, time, a period of time? He was chained for eight months in the basement, but I don't think the skinning was taking place for that long. I think it was more all towards the end, but I don't know. Mm. That might um, be the worst way to go that yeah. I can think of. Slowly yeah, eating yourself. Uh, s- oh, yeah. so I used horrifying. to think burning would be bad, but at least that's over in a few minutes. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. This, this is, is pretty months. fucking bad. Yeah. This is really fucking bad. So his wounds were never attended to, and it is believed that uh, Clara and Katerina, her sister, 
their intention was to eventually eat the boy entirely before moving on to do the same to his brother, Jakob. Who is still in the dog the crate fuck? or just somewhere else? Uh, yeah. In and out of the still crate. Still being, being tortured. tortured. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so Clara installs a baby monitor so that she could watch Andre's suffering in between torture sessions from anywhere in the house. Wow. Oh. What a yeah. great mother of the year right here. Mother of the this year. This woman is and disgusting. Some, it, the whole, well, it's not even just her. It's also her sister yeah. and, like, various relatives. Mm-hmm. It's um, worse okay. because it's his mother, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, oh, yeah. People are fucking sick and depraved, but... A mother wanting to care for and protect your child is like a, such a base instinct that this is yeah. beyond. Oh, so you don't want to slowly torture and eat your child <laughs> over months? Yeah. Jesus. And like indulge in watching them suffer. God exactly. damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really gross. You guys were warned. You were forewarned. There were disclaimers. Okay. Um, so she installs this baby monitor. Okay. Little did she know that this sadistic little indulgence would get her ass fucking caught. Okay, good. I uh, fucking hope so. Yeah. They didn't have a so Wi-Fi on... password. Someone just, like, logged in. <laughs> <laughs> it's still under Linksys with Long the original pig. code of 1111. Oh, my God. That's my parents. Just like it Lucy's is family. <laughs> no password and just Linksys. That's my like, family, too. You check your fucking bank balance every day. Like, don't. Yeah. Just don't. Uh, Who would want to hack me? And your address is... Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so on May 10th, 2007, a neighbor couple brings home their newborn baby from the hospital. So just like a normal, normal neighbor couple. Yay, we have a baby. Yeah. They install the same exact make oh and model of baby god. monitor. No, fucking no, kidding no. me. Oh my god. In their nursery. Oh my. This is 2007 still? Yep. Yep. Oh my god. They're completely god. unaware of the abuse being committed uh, next door. Oh my god. Until, out of the blue, their baby monitor displayed the horrific image of Andre naked and bleeding (gasps) in the basement next door. Oh my god. How fucking freaked would you be if you were that parent? I'd freak out. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. God. Oh my god. So, props to them. They figure it out pretty quickly that like this is a baby monitor it's essentially a walkie talkie with a camera and it yes and the wires must have gotten like the signal got crossed and this is happening near us yeah and fuck so they call the police immediately and uh the police show up at the maurava residence um, they ask, they search the house and then they ask Clara to unlock, uh, the door to the basement, oh which has like a fucking padlock yeah. on it. Yeah. Of course. Soup's not suspicious at all. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Because everyone has a padlock door to their basement. Right. <laughs> I do. Um, well, <laughs> it locks from the do, outside. It's real creepy. Yeah. You do your laundry down there. I don't lock it. I don't have the okay. lock. Corey's gonna lock or you the in key. One day. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, it's kind of suspicious. I've been working t- to take it off. Anyway. Okay, so. The police get there, they're like, uh, let us downstairs. And she's like, no. And they're like, fuck yeah. you. And so they break down the door. They break down the door and they discover Andre barely clinging to life. Oh, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Bleeding. Poor Jesus. baby. Yep. So during the search, the police find both Andre and Jakob, and they're both taken into police protective custody. Thank fucking yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But. They were not alone. They being the children in the basement? Yep. <gasps> what? Okay. It's it's so crazy, guys. It's not even... It, there's no way it's what you think. Okay. The cops also discovered what they believed to be a 13-year-old girl whom Clara and Katerina had formally adopted more than a year prior. Okay. Okay, so they had the adoption paperwork, and there's this 13-year-old girl there. My mouth is on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Go to the drive. Okay. And look up the photos that are labeled, like, Barbara, one, two, and maybe three. Wait a minute. (gasps) This is the one I thought was me in my nighttime glasses. My lay-down glasses. So you see Barbara, one, you see Barbara, two. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, okay. So all these photos will be on the blog, you guys. What? Okay. This is so confusing. So given the appalling condition that the two boys were found in, the police believe the girl to be another victim of Clara and Katerina's abuse, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it would make sense. So the police are mistaken. So they think she's just another victim of the abuse. They are mistaken. Turns out that the supposed 13-year-old victim was actually 34-year-old Barbara Skurlova. Are you fucking kidding me? 34? Yep, a fellow cult member and possible ringleader of the torture against the boys. Who lived in the basement with the tortured boy? She lived in the house. She did not live in the she basement. She probably just happened oh, so she to be the down basement. there at the time of capture <gasps> or recovery. Uh, they they found her in the house. Oh, okay. They didn't find her in the basement. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck? This is crazy. Yup. Ooh. So Barbara sh- passes her. The police come. They do a raid. She like thinks on her feet. She passes as a thirteen year old, like fellow victim. Wow. She gets taken into protective custody. She manages to escape protective custody before they realize their mistake. <gasps> and she flees to Norway. So she leaves the country. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she transforms herself, this time posing as a 13-year-old boy okay. named Adam. Okay? Oh, so oh Lord. There. So there are more photos. So Barbara 3, 4, and 5 are like what she normally looks like as a 34-year-old woman. Right. 
Okay. Slash my mom. And, right. Yeah, she has. Barbara Five your mom's is hair. my mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, look, let's look for Barbara as Adam. Barbara Six and Seven. Six and uh, Barbara Six looks like a 13-year-old boy. Barbara Seven looks like Andrew Zimmern. A 90-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll get to Barbara Seven, but there are photos of Barbara as Adam, the thirteen year old boy. She's she has like a green oh. shirt. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We went to okay. middle school with this person. I think we did. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Adam, her thirteen year old boy alias, was enrolled in an Oslo school. Enrolled and attending school. Whoa. Oh, as a 13-year-old boy, this 34-year-old oh, woman. Yikes. We literally went to high school with this person. That is so oh scary. My <laughs> oh, my Another God. cult member in Norway had, she had, like, found another cult member and, like, been like, oh, I need help. And that person posed as the mother of Adam oh, and enrolled her in no school. Way. How fucking nuts do you have to be to, like... Just voluntarily change your age, gender, identity, and be like, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm going to be now. Can you imagine four years from now trying to pretend you're a 13-year-old no. boy? Ick. That is my worst nightmare. I've got the voice for it, yeah. though. She does. Yeah. Hi, my name's Travis. <laughs> my name's Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. Chad. <laughs> Okay, so four months later, the police track her down in Norway. She is apprehended and extradited back to the Czech Republic, where, like, all this shit went down, to stand trial. Um, so Clara, Katerina, and Barbara are all standing trial in the Czech Republic for this abuse against the two boys. Okay. Each of the three of the women blame the other two for, for manipulating them and, and forcing them to torture the children. So they're all just, like, pointing, pointing fingers at each other um, and mm-hmm. saying that they regret it. Um, Clara and Katerina both claimed that Barbara was really high up in the Grail movement and was okay. considered by the cult members to be a type of goddess. No. So wow. She, Fuck you. So she... Yeah, so she had particular, like, extra clout and sway, and so whatever she said goes. Okay. Okay? So, at trial, they're at least they're all found guilty, okay? Yeah. Along with some of the other relatives that really participated in the abuse and the torture that I'm not going to get into because it just gets too complicated. Right. But fucking somehow... Nobody in this case received more than a 10-year prison sentence. Are you Are you serious? Me? Yep. It's got to be because nobody died. I It's I worse it, that nobody died. I, oh, it's it, I agree. It boggles, I'm not trying to justify any of it, but It boggles the that's mind. That's the only thing I can think of. That's so what insane. happened to the boys? That is insane. So, oh, we don't know. They're I mean, they're obviously being taken care of by people not at all involved in any of this stuff. I'm and, sure they've been adopted out and probably yeah. their names and stuff have been changed. Yeah, but, right. but yeah. they're at this point. they're both alive and they're family both members safe part of that and, cult. 
They're both alive Correct. and they're both, yeah, I don't know. Now they're adults by this point because it's been 10 years mm-hmm. since then. So oh now God. the older How one do you is 20. from being forced to eat yourself? Yeah. Therapy is okay. required. I mean, last, last thing Barbara received only five years. Uh, no. No. And she is no. currently out of prison and a free woman. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. Where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? <laughs> she's playing Uncle Fester she's, in she's the starred in the 2000 <laughs> film. Yes, Adam's Family Values. Adam's Family Values. Yes. So this, you guys, this will be on the blog, but there is a photo. This, okay. It's so real. The photo where she looks like Uncle Fester is the photo mm-hmm. that, like, the cult attributes to her being, like, a goddess. Okay, this is what also the, the photo that looks spot on, like, one of my baby pictures. <laughs> my <laughs> sunken <laughs> eyes. My yep. almost not there eyebrows, my bald head. Yep. Like, <laughs> I have so a true. photo yep. of myself. It's like Lucy or Barbara or Fester. Who knows? <laughs> oh yep. my God, we're putting that on the blog. Lucy or Barbara or Fester. <laughs> or Fester. All three photos, though, and you have to, it's like a they game. Look you have to pick which one's which. Identical. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that is my case. Terrifying. When I started to write the notes for it, I did not realize just how fucked up it was. Well, thank you for that. Right. Yep. So there you go. So the the only cannibalism involved was auto cannibalism by the boy. For, well, no, the mom and the mom and the relatives ate some. Oh, okay. So does he have like an arm left? He has an arm, but his scar- the scarring must be pretty bad because he was skinned. Well, there's skin, and then there's muscle tissue. If well, it's and just chunks, the skin, yeah, but there's meat in there too. Chunks of flesh were taken out and eaten. So he must yeah. not have that much He's, of an arm. I mean, he must have a really skinny arm now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of that grows back and grafting, and I have no he idea. Probably was treated medically for a lot of those. Yeah, I think like grafting is mostly for skin, though, not muscle. I don't You'd be know. surprised. I don't know. Yeah, none of that information is public. I mean, I'm sure these kids are just trying to like move on with their lives. Oh, I'm sure, but I'm right. dragging yeah. them back to ask so many questions <laughs> because I'm very morbidly curious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm eating a chip because this whole episode's making me hungry. <laughs> I'm really hungry right now. Sorry. Starving. Yeah, so that is the Maurova family. I had never heard of that case of cannibalism before, and it Mm-mm. it's going to fuck me up for a long time. Well done. Well mm-hmm. done. I Thank think you, you might well, have given me nightmares, which is not an easy feat because yeah, I love I did this it. stuff, and I'm kind of grossed out. I did well, it. You haven't even heard my case no. yet. Yes. All right, take it away. <laughs> How much child torture and eating is in yours? How's that Rufino? Um, (laughs) I mean, there isn't not that. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There's no torture. There's no torture. So, this is a story of a man who goes by Terrar. He was born in Lyon, France in 1772. And it's actually not, like, hyper-focused on the fact that he 
was a cannibal. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, that's actually not the most fascinating part about the story. Most of my research came from this really great article, or maybe it's a blog post, I don't really know, written by Catherine Ellen Foley, and um, a bunch of excerpts directly from a medical journal detailing this case written, like, right after he died. Okay. So, my research was interesting, but really fun. So, by the time this man was 17, he reportedly weighed a mere 100 pounds. A man? Oh, fuck. Yes. Yet consumed a quarter of a cow's worth of beef per day. Oh, that is so much meat. What the fuck is going on? By the age of 18, he was literally kicked out of his home because his family could not keep up with the cost of his insatiable appetite. Oh, shit. I'm so excited. He joined a traveling freak show where he delighted attendees by eating anything, literally anything they gave him, which ranged from entire baskets, like, you know those bushel, like, basket buckets? Mm -hmm. Of baked beans. Of apples. (laughs) Entire baskets of apples, dozens of raw eggs, wine corks. I'm devising my Um, retirement plan as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, Flints, like, used to... Make fire. Light fire. Yeah, like, anything that they... He was basically, like, in a cage, and they would, like, throw things at him, and he would eat it. Oh, like a goat. Oh, my God. However, uh. had you encountered Terrar on the street, you probably wouldn't have noticed him for his size, because he was reportedly of completely average height with a thin, kind of lanky it frame. He was 100 pounds. But... What were his shits you could, like? You oh could God. smell him from afar. <gasps> According to a disgusting account published in the London Medical and Physical Journal in 1819, Terrar was, quote, constantly covered in sweat, and from his body a vapor arose. Oh, no. Sensible <gasps> to the sight, so you could see. Oh, my God. It, like, wa- like stink lines wafting off no, of him. No, he's yeah. pen. And more so to the smell. He had wispy blonde hair, a large mouth surrounded by slender lips and discolored teeth. He frequently burped and (laughs) farted and had constant, particularly odorous bowel movements, which one would expect from someone whose diet consisted of massive amounts of both food and non-food items. Oh my god! Oh my god! I am so grossed out right now. It keeps going. (laughs) It's recorded... It's recorded that he once ate almost instantly a dinner that had been prepared for 15 vigorous workmen and drank the accompanying water um, and took their, quote, aggregate allowance of salt all at the same time. After this meal, his abdomen was so swollen that it resembled a balloon. Hours later, after, like, digestion had kicked in, his stomach would look, like, flat and wrinkly. Oh my god. Like it was god. stretching his skin, how much he was filling up and then emptying out, filling up and emptying out. His skin <gasps> was like an Bismol. empty sack. Pepto Bismol really missed the ship with yeah. their spokesperson. Oh they really my did. God. Well, I mean, they missed it by like several centuries, but whatever. Like, what kind um, of tapeworm does this man have? I. Yeah. Well, there, he has a condition. We will get to okay. that. Okay. Is um, it called Kuru? As, no. As Terrar lived on, his appetite became even more bizarre. 
So he joined the French military when the revolution began in 1789, although he did not fight. Mm -hmm. He helped out his fellow... He helped his fellow soldiers carry out day-to-day tasks, so he was sort of like a lackey for the Mm -hmm. army. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they would feed them... Feed him their rations as compensation. He ended up in a military hospital because no matter what he ate, his appetite was insatiable. So they were like, you must be sick. We're going to check you in and see what's going on. Yeah. However, while he's checked in, he amazed army physicians by putting away not only his quadrupled rations, but also the gauze intended for healing wounds and live animals, including cats, dogs, snakes, and eels. Live? Yep. I have a quote. He is a from hungry the ghost. Journal. He's a hungry, yep. hungry hippo. Quote, one mm. day in the presence of the chief of the chief physician of the army, Dr. Laurence, he seized by the neck and paws a large living cat, tore open its belly with his teeth, sucked its uh. blood, devoured it, and left no part of it but the bare skeleton. What? That's not even possible. Yeah, he like sucked the. He ate all the organs. He ate everything. Oh, half an hour the afterwards. Fur? Oh yeah. I, this quote continues. Half an hour afterwards, he threw up the hairs of the cat, just as a bird of prey and other carnivorous animals do. A hairball. Oh my oh. god. Yeah. He devoured it. Oh. He would swallow eels and snakes whole without even chewing them. Fuck no. What is wrong with? Him. This is not. This is so far from normal. It's I insane. don't understand. One of the surgeons in the hospital noticed Terrar's remarkable capacity, and as a test, had him eat a wooden box, presumably small enough to be swallowed, <laughs> although the exact size isn't stated in the London Journal. So he didn't really and chew. The box had a he sheet. could just swallow things. Yeah, he he was like a snake. He could like. It's almost like he could open up his gullet. Ugh. Um. But the box he swallowed had a sheet of paper in it. When Terrar successfully passed the box with the paper unharmed, doctors what? gave him a message in the same box to swallow again. Ew. To send to captured French soldiers being held in Prussia. <gasps> so they use him as oh a my spy? God! They're using him as a spy. So he's posing as a peasant, goes across the border, but they're plan unfolded pretty fast because they discovered him to be an imposter. He doesn't even speak German. Like, he doesn't speak the language. Has no idea what's going on. Oh my and he God. was held as a prisoner. Prepared oh, this. I guess I said there wasn't torture, but he was held as a prisoner and tortured. Um, but he did eventually escape back to France. Oh my God. Can you imagine pooping out a full wooden, a box. wooden box? I mean, his digestive system has now been so destroyed that I'm it's sure just a straight things line. just fall out. Yeah. Like, How yeah. old was he at this point? Uh, in his early 20s. Oh. He's maybe 19 or God. 20. When this oh is going his on. intestines so, are just like a two-inch slip and slide. It's like not even much. human. <laughs> so it's doctors, just an open tube. Exactly. He returns to France. Doctors continue his treatment upon his return. Um, this time, they're trying out like opioids and tobacco, which are both um, linked to constipation. Right. So they're trying to like slow down his digestion, and it's just not fucking working. Yeah. And during his time at the hospital, staff found him drinking patients' drained blood and even eating their corpses. No. Oh, oh my God. Oh, God. Here is the quote. Out of desperation? Quote, the servants of the hospital surprised him drinking the blood of patients who had been bled, because bloodletting was still a thing. Right. 
and in the dead room devouring the bodies. So he would go down to the morgue and oh, eat the no. people that had died. Oh no. Oh, he my was God. finally kicked out in 1794 when a 14-month-old toddler no. mysteriously went missing. No. Yep, without a trace while he's in the hospital like scouring the halls at night for blood and f- human flesh. Oh, for a snack. Mm-hmm. A literal Lock midnight him snack. Up. Lay off tie me. him I'm down. Starving. Oh. Tie him down. My uh, I, I, God. Yeah. So they kick him out of the hospital. He falls off the radar for the next four years, but then pops up at the age of 26 in Versailles, uh, admitted to a hospital for tuberculosis. So Least he of dies his problems. T- yeah, I know. Well, he dies of it. This is what kills him. Mm. <laughs> he dies of TB, and doctors perform an autopsy, however brief, because the smell was so terrible that the chief surgeon literally called off the operation before they could keep, like, looking. Wow. But oh they did find God. that his stomach took up most of his gut. Um, and he had a massive fatty liver. And his remaining organs were decaying inside of his body while he lived. And I have one last quote oh from God. the medical oh. journal. Ugh. His body, as soon as he was dead, became a prey to a horrible corruption. The entrails were putrefied, confounded together, and immersed in pus. Ah! Ah! And that's the story of Tarar. So what was his condition? Uh, Is there a name uh, for it? Has anyone else displayed anything similar? Goatism? There is a name for it. Hold on. I forgot to include that. What the hungry, God forbid anyone else Hippo. suffers from this. Holy fuck. Oh, it's called... Okay, so doctors said after the fact that Terrar had a condition or some kind of condition relating to polyphagia, which is a medical condition characterized by, uh, by uncontrollable hunger and eating. Mm, usually, I think I have that. Usually polyphagia <laughs> is a symptom of a more serious underlying problem. <laughs> Um, he said it could have been hyperthyroidism, um, which would attribute, like, his increased metabolism, diarrhea, sweating, thin hair. Um, but it said, you know, that being said, they don't accept that it also makes you eat live animals and drink human blood. So, Shit. it's like... That's Shit. not a thing. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's a quote if, from Sydney McElroy. I wonder if because he had like a, a career early in his life for like sideshow business. Well, others have that, also speculated that Terrar's uncontrollable appetite may have been a result of like a brain injury or a tumor in the amygdala or yeah, the hypothalamus. I could see that. And then that combined with him being not receiving care, being kicked out of his home, joining a freak show where people fucking throw shit at him and he eats it. Mm-hmm. It just escalates and escalates right. and escalates. If he was just mm-hmm. prone to doing all these shocking things, like it, the line between what is appropriate and yep. what is not is totally thrown out the window for him. Right. Yep. Because he has to eat. He has to eat everything. Oh, yep. shit. So, wh- wh- at, at what point would you say, no, you can't eat that live cat? Right. Like, Oh, my God. That is... Uh. And this this doctor, John Hickam, makes a good point. He says patients can have as many diseases as they damn well please. Like, he could have had a whole litany of conditions that led to... Yeah, a perfect storm. And, like, some... Exactly. Including, like, mental disorders where, like, you... Ca- you 
you don't understand that that's not appropriate. And trauma. Like, and, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so shit. So given that, that how would you, where would you draw the line for that guy? Oh, I my mean, God. Oh, I don't know. That's amazing. I fucking Institutionalized love and fed constantly. So we so found still, the real hungry ghost. So still, an unanswered question, though, is the pig pen. How does odor become visible so like that. must be sweat I like to think and his that body temperature. Sweating. Yeah, exactly. He's sweating. He's hot. Like it's he's creating a like a mist that's coming off of him. And this is fucking France in the 1700s. Yeah. <laughs> he's steaming with with stink is what it is. Yeah. So I can see it as like a mist, but I, okay, I guess in my initial imagining of what he looked like it was like you know like when you have like on a really hot day when you look on the road there's oh, like it's no, like the that's shimmering like a mirage. Mm-hmm. no okay it's, but even like, like just anything really like really steam. hot it's like, like affects the air above it yeah it's like this would steam. be like steam like seeing a mist mm-hmm. around oh a person God. of sweat smelly sweat steam he could be smelled there are reports saying they could smell him from like 20 yards away shit like, that's how much he stunk. Holy shit. Yeah. I am looking at my neighbor's house that is about 20 yards also, away. It's kind of a long ways if away. You're, and oh, my God. If your body is running at such a high temperature, it would make sense that your metabolism would need to be... I know nothing right. about science. It sounds... Well, but no, he's also, he's also riddled with infection, so his body is probably running at a high temp anyway to try and fight... Like they said when they did his... Fucking, uh, uh, autopsy. The fuck is that called? Autopsy. The ma- autopsy. He's his organs were like encased in pus, oh. so he was probably riddled with infection through the most of his adult life. Oh my god! So of course he's gonna then, be like hot and sweating all the time. And then your metabolism absolutely has mm-hmm. something to do with your body temperature. That's why, like men who tend to have a higher metabolism than mm-hmm. women, tend to be warmer. Yeah, they run hot. than women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can you imagine how badly he would have had to smell for French yeah. folks in the 1700s <laughs> exactly. to be offended by that? I was like, thinking about that. Shit. I mean, Fuck. it would it would it would knock a man unconscious today just one oh, whiff. Today, yeah, he oh enters your God. home and everyone's passed out yeah. and vomiting oh my. and dying. Well, also, so what year was this? Like 1770 something. 1772, okay. I think. So, on top of that, that was, like, before or around... Yeah, it was before the time when you had, like, plumbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, people yep. were just shitting everywhere. So, everything reeked no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And his bowels were so, like, insane and uncontrollable, I'm sure he was just, like, shitting his pants constantly. Uh. Like, I guarantee this man was covered in his own feces. Oh, my I guarantee God. It. Wow. That's fucking amazing. I love that. Oh, I this too. might be my, my favorite, favorite part case. is him so snacking on a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't ever find any, like, solid concrete evidence that he actually did eat that baby, but, like, every single report was, like, he totally fucking ate that baby. Like, we know <laughs> yeah. he ate that baby. Oh, my God. Well, my favorite part is him coughing up an actual hairball after yep. eating a cat. Yep. Eating yep. a cat. Oh, my God. A cat. All right, guys. Oh I love it. Oh, my God. That's, that's amazing. That's fucking insane. We could Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Brava. Brava. You're Brava. Welcome. 
Bravo. Um, we can marvel. <laughs> we can marvel at that guy forever. But let's get to special thanks this week. Um, let's do it. We're. Trying to record a bunch of episodes back to back, so special thanks might be a little bit uh, quick this week. Loose. But um, we would like to thank Leslie Britton and Leslie. Molly Gollinger. Gollinger. Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. Thank you both for <laughs> donating. Leslie uh-huh. is donating at $10 a month, so she will be getting a free. Uh, fucking patriarchy wine glass in the mail pretty yes, soon. Those, mm-hmm. All the Patreon mm-hmm. shipments uh, will have definitely shipped out by the time this airs. So, uh, mm-hmm, for sure. Check that out. Don't put them in the dishwasher. Um, Do not. It's not dishwasher safe. No. Um, also, friendly reminder, uh, we love giving social media shoutouts to uh, all Patreon people at the $5 uh-huh. a month. Uh, or more level, but we we need your help to make sure that we're shouting out the right person. So <laughs> it, yep. please, please. Real awkward when we shout out the yeah, wrong person. Yeah, it's a little that bit strange. Is real awkward and, and they're like, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> who are you? Just like that. <laughs> uh, so please uh, send us your social media handles if you are donating at $5 a month or more. And, and we, we send you a message asking for it. But if you could just mm-hmm. reply, that would be super awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't want a social media shout out, that is totally cool too. Just let us know so that yeah. we can check you off our list. Um, we yeah. we kind of have a big backlog of people that we, we want to give credit to, but we don't know how to yet. So please mm-hmm. let us know what your social media handles are. And that can be Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You tell us which one you would prefer. Uh, Skywriting, hot air balloon. None of those are <laughs> options. It is airplane with one of those like flags behind it none. that flies over the boardwalk in New Jersey all the time. <laughs> Tattoo on Amanda's face. You just let us I mean, know. Not face, oh my but god! You just let us know what you prefer. Oh my god! Say all the right. word. Also, we want to shout out and special thanks, uh, Studio Sweden, our sponsor this week. Uh, Studio Sweden has great headphones and earbuds, so definitely check them out at studiosweden.com and use the promo code GALS G A L S. Thank right. you. We love you guys. We love you. Thank you. See you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! This is Brianna and Kelly from Murder Dictionary Podcasts. We go from A to Z, exploring different topics or motives each week. We've covered axe murder, killer kids, necrophilia, and occult murders. Murder Dictionary gives tons of facts and details, balanced out with humor. 
If you want a true crime and chill, or test your trivia knowledge with our serial killer games, or if you like lesser-known cases you may not have heard before, check out Murder Dictionary Podcast.